The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. We appreciate you listening to The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. We don't do this podcast because we are former addicts. We don't do this podcast because we have loved ones who have suffered from addiction. We do this podcast because we feel that addiction is one of the biggest problems facing the world today, and that no matter who you are, no matter your religion, no matter your income status, no matter your race, no matter anything about you, addiction affects you. This podcast is a free resource for anybody looking for help with addiction. If you would like to help us in our fight against addiction, go to www.patreon.com slash the addiction podcast 273. That's www dot patreon.com slash the addiction podcast 273 and make a donation of whatever amount you would like. Thank you for supporting us. Hello and welcome to the addiction podcast point of no return. Happy new year. It's 2024. If you or someone you know needs to get clean and sober, we are hoping that this will be the year that that happens and that it goes way beyond just this year. We have an interview today, but before I get into that, I want to tell you today's episode is episode number 357. And just a reminder to please subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a five-star rating because that way uh, when people are looking for podcasts about addiction and we think that the stories that we tell on this podcast are valuable to people. So when they search, they'll come up with our podcast, which is all we want. And then also check out our YouTube channel, subscribe, and once again, give our videos a thumbs up so that Google will put our podcast and our videos up in front of people who are looking for help or some sort of hope in the dark area of addiction. So today we have an interview with a woman named Paula Santos-Young. Paula's world was shattered when her beloved oldest son's life was stolen in March of 2022. He was poisoned by fentanyl-laced marijuana from someone he trusted. Paula didn't just sit back and mourn his death. She went on a crusade. She's been roaring from every platform that she can find to wake up officials and communities to the fentanyl crisis, destroying families. It's and it's such a pandemic in this country right now with the fentanyl coming over the southern border. It's unbelievable. She um, goes on podcasts. She gets in front of Congress. She recently received the Congressional Recognition on her Human Rights Award 2022 for her work in combating the fentanyl crisis. So let's find out more about her, about her son, Andrew, and about what she's doing now to help others. Paula Santos-Young Thank you for being willing to talk to us today on the podcast. You have um, additional perspective on the fentanyl crisis, but thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I greatly appreciate you taking the time to not just speak to me, but to give me the platform and all of us parents who have unfortunately lost a child to this crisis that's occurring all across the United States. Yep. And that's why we do this. Paula, take us back. Just tell us a little bit about, you know, your background, where you grew up and Andrew and, you know, what his childhood was like and and kind of his background. Tell us about your family. 
Absolutely. So I'm from Massachusetts. Um, I am actually, I was not born in this country. I was actually born in Paris, France. So I have dual citizenship. Moved here to Massachusetts because a lot of my family is here. And Andrew was born in 1988 here in Massachusetts. And, uh, you know, he was a very, very loving person. He had his his traits. And one of his traits was as he got older, he had his special teams and he had a passion about him. And, you know, one of the passions he had is if he was speaking to you in reference to anything he believed in, you know, he fought for what he thought was correct. One of the things that Andrew did, and people joke about this now, is Andrew's favorite team was the New York Jets. Well, we all know how they're doing. (laughs) Are they doing better than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Well, you know, they're not. Yeah, that one. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, but he was someone who he would come and light up a room. And that's just how he how he was. And Andrew had suffered a car accident. And in the car accident, he was living in Maryland. And what had happened was the doctor, Andrew would not take pills. My son was someone who you could say to him, I'm going to give you five gazillion dollars, take a pill, he would tell you no. So he was given a medical marijuana card. And that's what the doctor had prescribed for him. Because after the car accident, he had been diagnosed with PTSD, anxiety, and a little bit of of depression due to the car accident. He never drove again. So what Andrew did is Andrew decided to create a organization called Achieve Greatness. Achieve Greatness consisted of him mentoring kids from elementary all the way up to college level on basketball skills assessment one-on-one and kind of become their mentor and their go-to person. And it's it's something he loved to do. So Andrew was a basketball player? Yes, he was. Okay. Okay. Yes. He loved, he loved, he loved sports, all sports, but he gravitated to basketball. Awesome. And how old was he when he had his car accident? He was 29 when he had his car accident. Yes, he was 29. And And I'm sorry, I'm a little confused. Just let me get the timeline straight. Had he already started the the Achieve Greatness? Had he already done that? He started Achieve Greatness at the age of 30. Okay. Okay. Yes, he started at the age of 30 because Andrew unfortunately passed away at 33. So he had already been doing it for three years. And the basketball really came from uh, my husband and I were a blended family. I had three children coming into the marriage. My husband had two. And one of the things that my husband did is he would take, and we had all boys. Mm -hmm. So he would take the boys out on the weekends to get out of the house because it was either my house cleaning day or just to get out because too much testosterone in the house. I was going to say five boys. Oh my goodness. I had two. That was way too much testosterone in the house. Yes. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So, you know, Andrew developed this love of basketball and coaching and teaching because of what my husband had done being a child and what he remembered. It was their it was their kind of therapy for them. So that w- that was one of the things that Andrew did when he created Achieve Greatness was that became a therapy session for him and the kids that he was coaching and training and one-on-one. So, you know, let's fast forward to last March, March 8th to be exact. Um, Andrew smoked marijuana. He had asked his friend, said, hey, I'm working. Do you mind bringing me some marijuana? His friend said, sure, no problem. I'll go to the dispensary. Well, then the next day on the ninth, we got the call. They had found my, our son, um, in the apartment complex. He lived, he was under the gazebo. He had passed away. Oh my, I'm so sorry. 
the only thing he had near him was the marijuana, the, the, the joint. And I apologize if I'm saying it incorrectly, but that's all he had near him. Okay. So, of course, I had spoken to him the night prior and he had said, Mom, I'm going to go for a walk, which he did all the time. And he said, I just need to clear my head. Some things going on. I'm like, okay, no problem. You know, I'll talk to you in the morning. I love you. Well, that never happened. Right. So when we received the medical examiner report from the state, because um, I was in co constant communication with her, the doctor, she was very lovely. And I said, you know, was it a pill? Was it a, was there needle marks? I mean, just anything. And she said, she said, Miss Young, it there was absolutely nothing. Nothing. It was just the marijuana. That's all it was. And he smoked and, it. And he smoked yeah, it. And okay. she said, she said, the only thing that we, I found in his system was fentanyl and xylazine from the marijuana. Wow. So he unfortunately had both. So when people, and what I'm finding in, in this process is People will sit here and say, well, Paula, that's not true. Paula, that can't happen. That's that's not happening because, you know, we've been told by statistics and scientists and, you know, when, when you light up marijuana and it gets to a certain temperature, well, you know what? Apparently I need to take everyone back to school when we were all in elementary and high school because what's happening is that these, these dealers, they have created fentanyl into liquid, just like the fentanyl that's out in the street. So yes, fentanyl is used as a medical grade in the hospital, but it's secure. We know right, what it is. Right. Yeah. This one is the synthetic one that's out in the streets today all across the United States. So not only are they spraying the leaves, but they're spraying the actual joint. So when they give it to you or to me, and we put it to our lips. We're you're done. Fentanyl. Sometimes. The hardest thing about getting someone into recovery is getting them to agree to treatment. Bobby Newman, a certified drug counselor with 30 years experience and an over 85% success rate as an interventionist, has created a series of 12 videos that you can use right now to learn every step to get your loved one to agree to treatment. Call 866-989-4499 today and say the word podcast to get a 10% discount or go to newmaninterventions.com and type in the word podcast for a 10% discount. This service comes with a free one-hour consultation with Bobby. We appreciate you listening to the Addiction Podcast Point of No Return. We don't do this podcast because we are former addicts. We don't do this podcast because we have loved ones who have suffered from addiction. We do this podcast because we feel that addiction is one of the biggest problems facing the world today, and that no matter who you are, no matter your religion, no matter your income status, no matter your race, no matter anything about you, addiction affects you. This podcast is a free resource for anybody looking for help with addiction. If you would like to help us in our fight against addiction, go to www.patreon.com slash the addiction podcast 273. That's www.patreon.com slash the addiction podcast 273. 
and make a donation of whatever amount you would like. Thank you for supporting us. Yes, but his friend said he was getting it from the dispensary, so he basically lied about that. Correct. He lied about it. And of course, you know, now let's fast forward um, to now. So what I have been doing and working on is we have taken on my son's organization. We've created it into a 501c3. We are trademark, we're copyright, everything. And I've also been working with legislation here in my state of Massachusetts, but also across the, and I'm working across the aisle because what's happening time and time again, and I'm seeing this more and more is not only is there more and more stories coming out of fentanyl uh, in marijuana, but what's happening is that no one's doing anything. There's no justice for the families. There's nothing. So, and, it, and in my story, I can personally tell you that I was told by the head detectives, well, Miss Young, you need to understand that the prosecutor has said that, you know, we don't have enough people to go after everybody. Well, really? But if could you was, start with one? Could you start with the guy who said he went to the dispensary and got my son marijuana? And obviously he lied because he got it from a dealer and it was laced with fentanyl. Could you just start maybe with that one? Yeah, exactly. <sighs> and, and this is what's happening. And this is why there is so much rage and anger with the parents because, you know, there's just not there's no justice. There really isn't for a lot of us parents. And what's happening is that we are going to our legislative officials, whether local or state or federal, and we're saying, hey, you're in this position. What are you doing? You know, non-action is no longer an excuse anymore. Stop. And if you're not going to do anything, then get out of the position you're in and let's put somebody in there who will. Yeah. Because I am not taking away from everything that is happening in the world. I'm not, please understand that. But what I am saying is, you know, when we become adults and we start working in life, we have to prioritize things. And they're not prioritizing this. Mm -mm. You continue not to hear anything. You continue not to see anything. I tell people all the time, I said, listen, all you have to do, I don't, you know, someone said to me one day, it was a reporter that I was speaking to. And he said, well, you know, obviously you must hate the administration that's in right now. And I said, you know, time out, time out. You are listening to the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. For more information on the podcast or to reach out, if you have a story you would like to share with us, go to our Facebook page by the same name, or you can email us at theaddictionpodcast at yahoo.com. Or go to our website, theaddictionpodcast.com. And please remember to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a five-star review. We appreciate you listening to the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. We don't do this podcast because we are former addicts. We don't do this podcast because we have loved ones who have suffered from addiction. We do this podcast because we feel that addiction is one of the biggest problems facing the world today, and that no matter who you are, no matter your religion, no matter your income status, no matter your race, no matter anything about you, addiction affects you. This podcast is a free resource for anybody looking for help with addiction. If you would like to help us in our fight against addiction, 
go to www.patreon.com slash the addiction podcast 273. That's www.patreon.com slash the addiction podcast 273. And make a donation of whatever amount you would like. Thank you for supporting us. This is not a Republican or Democratic issue. This is a United States of America issue. And I'm actually quoting Derek Maltz, who is a phenomenal. No, you know, he says yeah. he says it all the time. It's not and political. It's not religious. It's not no. racial. There's it. It uh, it is affecting every single demographic in our country yes. in a huge way. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's affecting your cities, your towns. I had a congressman here in my state. I won't say who, but I had a congressman who said to me, Paula, here's what I want to share with you because I respect you. When I walk into the state house and I see my colleagues. They know what's happening in their cities and towns. They are very well aware because they're getting the numbers from the Department of Health. They are seeing it. But what you don't understand is they don't want to attach their name to it. Now, how pathetic of a comment is that? Cowardice. It's flat out cowardice. And I said to him, I said, I thank you for being honest with me. I appreciate it, but at the same time, you know, it's kind of disgusting and sickening. It is. Why Why are we putting them in office if they're not going to put their name to something that's this important? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Especially when we're, you know, we're, and the DEA and the CDC has said this, we are at 300 a day. That's 300 a day. So one of the things I do when I do speaking engagements is I say, you know, let me give it to you logistically. So let's think about 9-11. 9-11 occurred and the world shut down. Literally, the world shut down. We are losing 300 a day. And you don't see that happening at all. And I think that's one of the biggest things that right now with a lot of parents, what they're doing with starting organizations is, you know, they're 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 partnering with other people. They're partnering with other parents. One of the things that I've been doing is I've been partnering with many of my community leaders, whether it's local or state. And I've said to them, I've said, you know, this needs to be the year. 2024 needs to be the year of coalitions. It needs to be the year of partnerships, but it needs to be the year of coming together for social change because continuing to make excuses is no longer an option for you. We're not going to hear it. We don't want your prayers and thoughts. We want action. And if you're not going to put forth action, then let us know what we need to do, because then we'll do it. Yep. You you mentioned um, before we were on the air, you just said you, that you had visited um, one of your Congress people, and you said, give me an action point. Did they give you yes. an action point? Did they give you an action item? Did they say, this is what we're going to do? Did you get an answer to that? You know, when I met with, it was actually 25 congressmen and senators um, at the State House, both sides of the aisle. Uh, very bipartisan. And, and I, they said to me, they said, well, what is your action? You know, what is your takeaway, Paula? And I said, I want you to put forth legislation. We have no legislation here in Massachusetts. We have a congressman who put forth legislation for fentanyl in Congress to classify fentanyl as a level one. So people would do jail time. Well, it passed Congress, no problem. Now it's sitting in Senate. It's, it's just sitting there. 
So I had a conversation with a pretty powerful senator here in the state. And I said to him, I said, listen, I said, did you even know this is going on? And he said, no. I said, how do you guys not? What am I missing? Like, I know I'm not in politics, but what am I missing? Head so, in sand. Yeah, I, I didn't know. Okay, well, now you do. So what are you going to do? Like, you're you're a congressman. You're you're pretty powerful. Like, and, and you know, and something that was said to me not too long ago by a, a very reputable congressman here in Massachusetts, and I adore him. And he said, Paula, I can put forth every legislation you tell me to. I will bring it to the fore and I will put it forth. But you know what happens? Then I get there and then I start to get pushback because Congressman so-and-so doesn't think that this should pass. And here's the reason why. Or, hey, can we put this in the bill? And that's what's happening. So there's really no bipartisanship coming together when it comes to formulating a legislation to actually put it through. I mean, look, let's talk about families against fentanyl. Jim Rawl, love him. Jim's been fighting for on this battle since 2015, since he lost his son, Tommy. And he's been fighting to classify fentanyl a weapon of mass destruction. You have only one state in, in the United States who has done that, which is Virginia with Governor Yenkin. And I give him credit for having done that. Um, but what about everybody else? It's, it's, yeah, sorry, I was writing down that name, Families Against Fentanyl. Yeah, Families Against Fentanyl, Jim Rawl. Yes. Yes. I don't think we've had him on the podcast, so I wanted to take down his name. You know, it's in my opinion, it's it's criminal negligence. And and criminal negligence, I believe, is um uh what am I not like a it's it's an offense. It's like a you know, you can go to jail for that. It's criminal negligence and it's um, I, I, I'm sure that people will listen to this and say, oh, she's being radical. Yes, yes, I am. Because I don't want another mother to lose a son like you did. I don't want that. It's not okay. It's right. not, and, it's not fair. Not, it's criminal. Right. And you're not being radical. You're being honest. There's a difference. There's a difference if you and I are over here screaming, you know, oh my gosh, the sky isn't blue. OMG. We're not doing that. Mm -mm. We're here saying there is a crisis. We, for God's sakes, we lost 107,000 last year. This year is already projected to be much higher. When is it going to matter? When is it going to matter? Yeah. Is there a number you're looking at? Do you want it to hit a million? Does it need to hit a million before you guys are going to step up and do something about it? Um, And, you know, anyway. Exactly. And, and this is one of the things that, you know, I think as parents that we struggle with, and this is one of the things that I constantly talk about is the mental health aspect of this. Now let's talk about mental health. How big is that platform and what's been done for years? Not much because you have many mental health is the gatekeeper of everything. It, you know, not just in, in substance abuse, disease and addiction, but alcoholism. And, and the so many factors that come with mental health. And we're not even, you know, really justificationally taking care of that aspect. So when you don't take care of an aspect like mental health, then how do you not expect things to continue to trickle and become the crisis that we now have? Yep. And this and- is what I tell people. And I tell people all the time, I said, look, Andrew, 
did not suffer from substance abuse disease. He, he smoked marijuana, but that does not matter because the folks who do suffer from substance abuse disease are just as important and they deserve to be loved just as much. And no, I can't equate to a parent who is going through that, but I can sympathize with them and I can give them compassion and love and caring and say, how can I help? How can I do something? You know, I mean, I see it here where there was just an article here in my city of New Bedford, Mass, where the overdose rate has gone up 145 percent. Wow. 145 percent. Every single practically every single student in our high schools right now from the age of eight and nine are vaping and smoking marijuana. Yes. So. You're going to sit here and tell me we don't have a problem? And yeah, yeah. You know, and then let's talk about the, and and I know I'm probably going to get pushback on this or you're probably going to get Oh, people- that's okay. It won't be the first time. Oh, I know. Trust me. But I mean, one of the things I, you know, I, I have a very good partnership with the DEA. And one of the things I've said to them is you need to change the narrative. You have to. I am not taking away from anyone who has lost a loved one or a child to a pill. I am not doing that. But for God's sakes, fentanyl is in more than just a pill. It's in vape pens. It's in marijuana. It's in gummy bears. It's in meth. It's in coke. What the hell are you folks doing? You need to stop saying the one pill can't compare. The one pill can kill campaign. And I'm sick and tired of hearing that, well, Paula, we use that because it's a good, it's a catchy slogan. I'm sorry. What? A catchy slogan didn't save my son. He didn't do pills. There you go. There you go. And, and, oh yeah. Oh yeah. And this is a battle that, you know, and again, people don't talk about the, the trauma that the parents are going through. Let's talk about all of us parents. Um, for parents who do have, uh, you know, children, family members, loved ones that are substance abuse and now passing away of fentanyl poisoning, the trauma that, that the families are going through. So not only are you dealing with the loss of your child unexpectedly, but now you're dealing with folks who are dismissing your feelings. Yes. Yeah. And saying to you that, well, you know, it's been a year. Okay. Yeah. And how long will my son be gone for? Forever. So that's how long it's going to be. That's how long we are going to be broken for. We are going to be broken for the rest of our lives. Yeah. And either step up and help and support us or get the hell out of the way. That's the message. Step up and support it or get the hell out of the way. That's yeah. just, I mean, not... And for anybody that is um, in office, that is listening, that is not taking action, get out of the way. Yeah. You, you can no longer sit and say, it has nothing to do with you or you can't do anything. You can't do that anymore. No. The fentanyl crisis, it's poisoning. It's not addiction or substance use disorder, whatever you want to call it. It is flat out poisoning. It is flat out murder. Yeah. The dealer who sold that to your son is a murderer. Yeah. And there should be action taken against him. 
Right. And he's walking the streets free. And, and he's I walking said, the streets free. Right. And it's completely unacceptable. Yeah. And how many more kids does he have to give fentanyl-laced marijuana to before one of you steps up and says, oh, gee, maybe we should look at prosecuting this guy? It's right. Yeah. And, you know, and you continue to, to hear the, the, the pushback of, well, you know, um, we haven't found any scientists that say that this is correct. Are you kidding me? Stop. Stop. So what are you so what are you saying? Are you saying I'm lying? Is the medical examiner lying? Because here it is in black and white. And there's so many new cases. For God's sakes, there's people in the military that are passing away from fentanyl poisoning, including being in marijuana. So what are you going to continue to say? We don't have a problem. Stop putting it under the rug because it's exactly what's happening. One of the right. things I say all the time when I speak is I say, look, anyone who's listening to me, I don't care if you're Republican, Democrat, independent. I don't care. Give me a call because I will have the seat waiting for you at the table. Let's have a discussion. And how do they call you? They don't. <laughs> but I'm just No, saying. but I said, how can they call you? Because I want to oh, put a call to action out to the listeners. You need yes. to do something. Absolutely. Yeah. They can call me 774-417-7972. That is my direct cell phone number. It's right here. It's my personal. Um, I give it out to everybody. I don't care because, you know, again, in order for you to have action, you have to collaboratively agree that things need to be done. And you saying that, yes, I understand and I hear you, but having a non-action, then you're not caring about what's truly happening. And don't say it can't be my child because I never thought it would be mine. I didn't even know what fentanyl was. Yep. And now, as many other parents in the United States, we've become subject matter experts of this, unfortunately. And with myself, it's not just the fentanyl, it's xylazine. You know, it's both. And that's yep. being prominent now, and it's, and it's rampant in, in our states. But let's take a step back. Xylazine has been around since 2017 in Philadelphia. You know, it's these drugs have been around fentanyl. I was speaking to a, a police officer from Connecticut who had retired and he went into the um, he went to become a U.S. marshal. And he said to me, he said, Paula, we were seeing fentanyl back in 2001 and two. And I'm like, OK, so. Yeah, and we had um, Gerald Posner on, and I've, oh, I'm have i going to get the dates wrong, Gerald, so I apologize. But I think he was writing about fentanyl in the late 90s. Yes. So it, it yeah, this is not something new. So, no. it, so other than calling you um, and your website, tell us the website. Yes, yeah, so, so our website is Achieve Greatness 88, so the number 88.org. Okay. And that, that is a nonprofit that we have here in Massachusetts. And we, you know, we have three pillars, as I tell people. So the first pillar is obviously education, awareness, and advocacy, because you have to talk about this. I mean, I know the school systems right now, I'm having a hard time with the schools because, you know, the schools, oh, well, you know, Massachusetts has a curriculum and we have to follow it in the state and this and that. And I'm like, you know what, save it. I don't want to hear it because if I find out that each, another child passes away in the high school like they did last year from fentanyl poisoning, you're really not going to like. Um, so stop because this is happening. We right now are having an influx here of Latin kings. I'm sure a lot of people have heard about them. 
and they are recruiting and they're recruiting pretty hard. And they're because they're recruiting because they're also working with the cartel. Of course they are because there's sleeper cells everywhere. The cartel doesn't care about you and I. No. They care about money. They don't care about, they didn't care about Andrew. No, they don't care about anybody. Mm -hmm. It's about money for them. It's about how many people. And and if they kill you or I or anybody, guess what? They have a hundred million people waiting in the sideline to get their drugs. Yep. Unfortunately. Yep. Paula, is there a call to action on your website? I noticed that there are news articles and obviously a lot of educational material, but is there a call to action? Like, do you post things like letters to your Congress or whatever? You know, that's something I haven't done as of yet, um, but I am going to start because I do it. I do it and I just don't post it. So I I do a lot of things in the background. I'm I'm sure as you can imagine. Yes. And I just don't put it out there because unfortunately in this path that I've been thrown on, not everybody is as nice as you would think that they would be, uh, especially people who also have lost a child. I mean, I had uh, there's some folks here in Massachusetts who have lost their children to fentanyl poisoning, and they are in pretty powerful positions. And one of the comments that they made to me is, well, Paula, you need to understand that sometimes we don't want to talk about this. Okay. You know, Paula, it's it's why we don't have 100 people asking us every day to be on the podcast. We have a handful. We put them on. We talk to you. We talk to other others who have lost their kids. And there's a lot of people who think if they don't talk about it, it's going to go away. And guess what? It's not going to go away. People ask us, why do you do the podcast? Did you lose a child to addiction? Do you have an addicted child? Do you have your own history of addiction? And the answer is no. But addiction affects every single one of us. And if you think it doesn't, then you have your head where the sun does not shine. Okay. That's the bottom line. Correct. And if you're part of the human race, it's affecting you. Correct. Correct. Absolutely. And and I think one of the biggest things that we're starting to see is we're seeing such an influx now of, you know, politicians who, who will come out and say, oh, yeah, yeah, I know about the fentanyl issue. Yeah, yeah. I talked to parents so-and-so. I talked to parents so-and-so. But then, you know, it's almost like they, and I just had this conversation with someone just prior to coming on with you. And she's a, she's a mom. She's in Maryland. Actually, I got connected to her and she lost her son. And I said to her, I said, it's almost like they're playing a game with us. It's almost like they already know how broken and shattered we are. So let's give them a breadcrumb and pay attention to them for a little bit and say, yeah, we care. Yeah, we're going to talk about your child, but then they move on and then it's done. And that I think is the most disheartening thing that is being done right now to parents is because would they have that same mentality if it was their child? Right. And if, and to be honest, if you're going to be honest, say yep. to the parent, I could tell you I'm going to do something, but I'm really not. Exactly. Don't yes. say you're going to do something and then not. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Cause I mean, it all comes down to being honest. I mean, look, I've, I've come across senators and congressmen who have said to me, Paula, I hear you. I mean, I will try to do something. I respect them more because at least they said to me, I will try. They didn't say I will. Opposed to absolutely, I will. Let's get this done. And then nothing. Yeah. Then it's radio silence. That's worse than just saying, I don't like you and I don't want to help you. I mean, that's worse. I mean, I would rather have somebody be upfront with me and say, I don't think it's a priority. I'm likely not going to do anything or 
I think it's a priority, but I know I'm not going to get any support, so I'm not going to do anything rather than say, oh, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. We all know people like that who pay you lip service and then do nothing. Exactly. You know, Paul, I can't thank you enough for for doing what you're doing. You can tell I get passionate about it, too, and I didn't lose a son to fentanyl, and it it breaks my heart that you did, and um, thank you. So the number again, everybody, 774-417-7972. And go to the website, achievegreatness88.org, and connect up and do something. And if you know someone who was lost to fentanyl, don't just sit there and not talk about it. It's too important and it's happening to too many people for you to sit back and let it go. Yeah. And if anything I can take away from this is, you know, thank you for the platform. Because, at, you know, if folks, if folks think that we're just going to go away, they obviously don't want to. <laughs> you know, I always heard it said, don't piss off a grieving mother parent. Well, now that I am that parent, I can tell you that's exactly how my husband and I are. Is, you know, we will obviously always be very respectful. Always be very cognizant of who we're speaking to. But at the same time, if you want me to do something for you when it comes to a vote, then you need to start doing things for us. Yep. And, and and this is not, and someone said to me, they said, Paula, you got to be very careful when you word things because you don't want it to become a pro quo. This, that's not what this is about. This is about a crisis. This is about 300 people a day passing away from being poisoned. This is not about, they did not know they were getting this. It wasn't, you know, Tommy went down the street and said, oh, I already know I'm getting fentanyl. That's what I want. No, this is about people who are getting something that they have absolutely no knowledge of. I mean, for crying out loud, here in Massachusetts, you can pull it up. Three weeks ago in Lynn, Massachusetts, we had a huge bust. It was all over the news. It was all over the United States. There was enough fentanyl to kill every single person in this state here in Massachusetts because what they did, it was it was in candy form, shaped as a heart because Valentine's Day is coming up. Wow. And they don't think that they even got all of it in this bust. So you're going to sit here and say, we don't have a problem? Stop. Stop. We do. And, And you know what? And it's like you said, and I agree with you, and I thank you for making that. If you don't want to help us, then just say so. Yep. Yep. And if you think this problem doesn't affect you, as I said before, you have your head where the sun doesn't shine. Paula, I I am... So very sorry for Andrew's death, for his loss. And I applaud you for taking that grief and turning it around into action and kicking butt and taking names. Yes. Well, you know, it's funny because some of the local folks here that I've um, gotten very familiar with, um, they say to me, they say, you know, be careful with Paula because she might throat punch you because... <laughs> So this is the, this is the motto is, and of course I won't do it, but yeah, I mean, it, it comes to the point where again, as parents, and we have so many wonderful partners out there and coalitions that you know we have partnered with and just people that we've come across, you know, Jim families against fentanyl, um, you know, Andrea Thomas with facing fentanyl, uh, Diane with appalled there's, you know, um, there's another one, Angie's Wish, which is Marla in Ohio. I mean, my God, she has the Ohio Supreme Court backing her. She's in the schools. I mean, these are parents 
who are saying, we have an issue. We need to do something. Let's work together. And that's what this is about. This is not about, you know, I tell people all the time, this is not about Paula doing something and not sharing it with others. This is about Paula doing something and making the call to Jim or to Andrea or to Marla or to Jen in El Paso, Texas and say, hey, this is what I'm doing. Do you want a partner? That's what this is about. Yep. Yep. Thank you, Paula. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for talking to us today. And uh, here's my wish for the new year, that 2024 is the year that something happens on this whole situation, something that will make a difference. Thank you. I so appreciate you and your time. And thank you for being so lovely and compassionate to all of us. And I know you said that you have two boys. So you know what? I can tell that even with your two boys, you run that house. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Well, they're grown now and they don't live with us anymore. And I have grandchildren, but probably in some ways you're right. (laughs) Thank you, Paula. Thank you so much. What a lovely woman and such a tragedy to lose her son the way she did. But she's kicking butt, taking names, and she is going to have help get something done about this whole fentanyl poisoning crisis in our country. And if you have a voice, and you should because you do, um, do something about it. You can call Paula. Her number is 774-417-7972 and find out how you can help. And let's make 2024 the year we put the kibosh on this fentanyl poisoning in our country. Okay? Next week, another interview. You have been listening to The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. For more information, reach out to us on Facebook or go to www.theaddictionpodcast.com. Our email is theaddictionpodcast at yahoo.com.